Welcome to the Diligent Podcast, where we make Bible study come to life. We are diligent in our studies, and I'm your host, Joshua Cantrell. Thankful and appreciative once again for all those of you who have been tuning in, as I like to say, not just to this podcast, but uh, ultimately to all the podcasts under the Scattered Abroad Network. Today, and probably for the next few weeks, we are going to be looking at uh, the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians is uh, one of my favorite books. The Apostle Paul here, as he writes to the congregation here at uh, Philippi, he spends a good a deal of time, of course, thanking them, but he also encourages them uh, as well. And I think the encouragement that he gave to the congregation there at Philippi is certainly is certainly some encouragement that we can look at today, we can benefit from, and certainly, certainly uh, we can grow and continue to grow in our relationship with God. Just a little background information to this book. In Acts chapter 16 and verse number 13 there, uh, the Bible reveals for us that as Paul and Silas were in the city of Philippi, that they were, of course, in verse number 13, they were going to encounter, verse number 11, they were going to encounter this woman by the name of Lydia. And the Bible identifies her as a seller of purple, uh, this fine linen that was, in their day and time, very, very expensive. Not everyone could uh, could be a seller of purple, more or less buy it as well. And so it shows us or it gives us some insight as to uh, the occupation aspect, that is, that Lydia uh, had. But also, in verse number 14, the Bible reveals for us there, verse number 16, that is, that uh, her heart uh, was open and the way that uh, took place or the, the way that was transpired was from the uh, preaching of the gospel to her. Uh, the Bible says here in Acts 16, and verse number 14, and a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us. It's interesting that when you uh, read the Bible, uh, especially the New Testament, you often read about people who were followers or worshipers of God and any of themselves they were not bad people but the thing uh, they needed was to obey the gospel and thankfully uh, God gives them the opportunity to do that in verse 15 the Bible says and she what well, verse number 14 that is whose heart the Lord opened and she attended unto the all the things which was spoken unto Paul she was if you will diligent and listening to what Paul and Silas was teaching her, uh, what they had to say in regards to uh, the gospel in terms of her need and salvation. Uh, she was diligent and she was receptive to hear those things, which again shows us uh, just how uh, diligent she was in not only serving God, but she wanted to do that the right way as well. Verse 15, the Bible says, And when she was baptized in her household, she brought us saying, if ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. In verse 16 and following, we read again some more information in Acts chapter 16, how ultimately the magistrates, the magistrates in verse 20, uh, put these men into jail. Uh, verse number 18 and verse number 19, you have this damsel that is being possessed and how they released her from that. 
And the Bible says now they're thrown into prison in verse number 24 and verse number 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, they prayed and they sang praises unto God. And of course, the Bible there in that section of scripture uh, teaches us about the Philippian jailer and how he ultimately was going to uh, be baptized. Of course, the Bible says here in verse number 30, and they brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do uh, to be saved based on the uh, based on the on Paul and Silas not leaving prison? And based on the songs and the praises they were doing while they were in prison, the jailer's conclusion is, well, what do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to be right with God? And ultimately, he was uh, saved that night, he and all his household. He was baptized for the forgiveness of his sins. And the Bible uh, shows us, again, everything that took place in Acts chapter 16. Kind of just some background information as to the first two converts that we do know of who were in the congregation there, uh, who were in the congregation there at Philippi. So in Philippians chapter one, uh, the Bible here, uh, Paul here as he in introduces or opens up the book, of course, uh, again, just some more introduction material. The book of Philippians was probably written around uh, 57 to 62 AD, just depending on um, plurality of different things, kind of how you want to date that, but that's kind of the general idea of when the book was was probably written. In Philippians chapter 1, verse number 1, of course, I do want to do more of an overview, of course. I would encourage you in your own studies, in your own time to go verse by verse, but we're just going to kind of look at, you know, just the highlighting points throughout the book to make sure we get you know, get some application aspect of it on how we can apply these things into our lives. Philippians 1 verse 1, the Bible says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, and all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and the deacons. So from verse number one, uh, we can note that this congregation was one that was biblically structured correctly. God, in his infinite wisdom, has determined that the congregation be overran by a plurality of men known as elders. And you also have men, deacons, who work uh, work under or work with the elders to do the work and the different other things uh, throughout the congregation. But ultimately, the elders are concerned, biblically speaking, they should be concerned with the spiritual uh, aspect of the congregation, making sure the congregation is being fed spiritually, uh, making sure that they are overseeing and just being uh, shepherds. That's, that's really... Uh, really, uh, the the idea there, they are being the shepherds or the overseers of the congregations, though they have many different things uh, that they are responsible of and that they have to look over and look and look to do. Uh, the general idea is they are concerned where they should concern themselves with the, the, the spiritual growth and the spiritual development uh, of the congregation. Paul says in verse number three. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Again, this congregation was one that was near and dear to the heart of the Apostle Paul. We often uh, reference that, you know, the Apostle Paul is writing to them from the from the perspective of a love letter, if you will. This this was a brother uh, who really, really loved, who really, really appreciated, who really, really went out his way to let the congregation here know how much she respected them, how much he loved them, and how much he just thankful, how thankful he was for them 
uh, for their faithfulness and their dedication to uh, the cause of Christ. Paul also in this chapter here, in verse number seven says, uh, verse number six that is, being confident of this very thing, that he which have begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He says here in verse number seven, even as it is meet for me to think uh, this of you all, because I have you in my heart, and as much as both in my bonds and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how I greatly, how I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, Paul that is, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in judgment. Paul says, I just pray and I just wish that the relationship you all have with each other, but ultimately your relationship with God, it just continues to grow and just continues to increase. And I think that's something all of us can want and desire not only for the respective congregations we are members at, but ultimately for ourselves as well. We want to continue to grow, uh, be diligent in our relationship with others, but ultimately in our relationship with God. Paul says here in verse number 11, the theme or the concept kind of changes just a little bit. He says, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. But I would, ye should not understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me, Paul says, have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Paul says, hold up, wait a minute, I'm suffering, but you know what? The gospel is being preached, verse number 13, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in also other places as well. Paul says in verse 14, and many of my brethren in the Lord Paul says, waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul says, as a result of me being in prison, Paul says, as a result of the things that happened to me, Paul says, you have those who are confident, who are persuaded, who are convicted about their relationship with God. Sometimes, and it's very easy to uh, look at our lives and, and say, woe is me, why is this happening to me? But again, if you change your perspective just a little bit, change your perspective just a little bit, Paul says, and we can also say, hey, the things that have happened unto me, people are hearing about the gospel. People are hearing about a book, chapter, and verse. People are hearing that Jesus loves them and he cares for them. And, and, and he wants them to be saved from their sins. And I think that if we change our perspective, friends, just a little bit, we too can have the same idea and we can have the same mindset uh, the Apostle Paul had as he is writing uh, this to the congregation at Philippi. He says in verse 15, So indeed, uh, preach Christ some, even of envy and strife, and also some of goodwill. Paul says you have those who are preaching for all types of reasons. Verse 16, that one may preach Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bond. Paul says these folks are just trying to that, you know, make it that much more difficult for me. But Paul says as long as the gospel is being preached, Paul says as long as the word of God is going forward, Paul says I'm okay with that. He says in verse number 17, but the other of love, knowing that I am set, I am a hornet, I am going to stand in defense for the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 3, verse 15, Peter says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer, a defense, and apologia 
of the reason of the hope that is in you. Paul, I mean, Peter there says, with meekness and with fear as well. We need to know the word of God. We need to defend the word of God. We need to allow the word of God, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10 and verse 11, to be our foundation. We should not move. Uh, we should not bend. We should not break. The word of God has to be our defense. But again, it's difficult to stand for the word of God if you don't know the word of God. That's why we have to be diligent. As Caleb says, that's why we have to be transformed in our studies and in our approach and in our relationship with the God that we serve. Paul here in this chapter is saying, whatever reason, people are preaching, people are talking about the gospel. But he says, as long as the gospel is being talked about, as long as the gospel is being preached, Paul says, I am good to go. Paul says, I am okay. He says here in verse number 19, for I know that this should turn out to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Again, Paul in this first chapter here in these first uh, 19 verses here is just really just, uh, of course, he introduces um, some thoughts to us, but ultimately uh, Paul talks about, and I guess one of the key verses here in these first 19 verses has to be verse number 17. Paul there says he is set. He's going to stand in defense uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to continue always to be diligent in our studies and ultimately our relationship with God because that's how we grow. That's how we are transformed. That's how we are uh, shaping ourselves to be more like the Father and less like ourselves. We hope this study has uh, helped you in some way. And again, we're going to look at the book of Philippians for the next couple of weeks, just kind of just kind of helping us to just understand that, you know, as one person said, tough times don't last, tough people do. And that is true to a certain extent, but we don't have to be tough by ourselves. If we stand firm with our God, he's for us, he's with us, and thus he helps us in all that we do. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Diligent Podcast, where we make Bible study come to life. We're diligent in our studies, and I'm your host, Joshua Cantrell.